بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم سورة القيامة سورة القيامة is a مكي سورة and it mentions the description of القيامة the resurrection the day of judgment and there are also proofs and arguments in support of the day of judgment بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا أقسم بيوم القيامة لا no Uqsimu, I swear, biyawmil qiyama, by the day of resurrection. La. The verse begins with a very powerful word, which is the word la. No. And la is used in many different ways. But when a sentence begins with the word no, what does it mean? When you say no, you're basically negating whatever has been said so far. Whatever people are discussing about, whatever false ideas they have, you say no. And then you say what you have to say. So, la, this is negation of what is in the mind of the listener. And what is in the mind of the listener? Remember, this is a Makki surah. People were in denial of the hereafter, of the day of judgment, of the truthfulness of the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So, la, no. What you say is wrong. What you think is wrong. You deny, uqsimu, I swear, biyawmil qiyamah, by the day of qiyamah. In Surah Al-Taghabun, Ayah 7, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, زَعَمَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا أَلَّنْ يُبْعَثُوا Those who deny have asserted that they will never be resurrected. قُلْ بَلَى وَرَبِّي لَتُبْعَثُنَّ Say, of course, and by my Lord, certainly, definitely, you will be resurrected. So, la, uqsimu bi yawmil qiyamah. No, you're wrong. You deny the day of judgment? You deny? I swear by it. It is so true. No matter how much you deny, I swear by Yawmil Qiyamah. What is Qiyamah? From Qaf Waw Meem, Qama Yaqumu to stand and to rise, and Qiyamah from Qaim meaning that which will stand, that which will be established. And the day of judgment is called Yawmul Qiyamah because all people will stand that day. All people will be resurrected that day. Yawma Yaqumu Nasu. It's the day when all mankind shall stand before the Lord of the worlds. It's the day of Qiyamah because it's the day when the witnesses will stand. يَوْمَ يَقُومُ ashhad. It's the day when the witnesses will stand to give their testimony. أُقْسِمُ بِيَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ I swear by the day of resurrection. وَلَا And no again to your false ideas. To your denial. Uqsimu bin nafsil lawama. I swear an oath by the nafs that is lawama. That is ever reproaching. That constantly reproaches. La again is repeated over here. Some have said that la is actually za'id. Meaning it's not going to be taken in its literal sense. Rather, it's going to be taken as za'id. And this is a common thing in the Arabic language that to emphasize something or to hyperbolize a statement, they would say la. So, wala uqsimu bin nafsil lawama. This la is to further strengthen the oath. To say it more powerfully. 
that I swear by the reproaching soul. Lawama lam wao meem loam. And what does loam mean? To reproach someone for the wrong that they have done. Somebody's done something wrong and you don't leave them alone. You reproach them, you make them feel bad for what they have done by scolding at them, pointing out their fault, repeating what they have done in different ways. This is loam. What does it mean? One that reproaches once? No. It reproaches again and again. So the nafs that is lawama, meaning the nafs that consumes you because of the guilt, it doesn't leave you. It doesn't stop making you feel bad. You see, sometimes it happens with people that they have done something wrong and others have forgiven them. But are they able to forgive themselves? No. Why? Because of this nafsil lawama. The nafs has this characteristic that it reproaches again and again. And how often it happens that you remember a silly mistake that you made maybe 10 years ago, but you remember it now and you feel horrible about it. Or you do something wrong and other people say, it's okay, it's okay, it's fine. I'll actually help you out with it. But your heart doesn't let you agree with it. Nafsil lawama. Why is this being mentioned over here? Because... By the oaths, when oaths are taken, something is being proven, right? So what is being proven over here? That you will be resurrected. The day of judgment is certain. You deny resurrection, it's so real that I actually swear by it. You deny resurrection, well you know what? I swear by the reproaching soul. The reproaching soul is proof of the day of judgment. Reproaching soul, what does it mean? There's morality. You know, people, no matter where they are, no matter how educated or uneducated they may be, they have this inner sense that this is okay and this is not okay. This is right and this is wrong. Even babies, isn't it? Even babies know. I mean, there have been studies done in which children have been, you know, shown this stuffed toy that does aggressive things. Right? And then another stuffed toy that doesn't do aggressive things, things like that. So they have been shown one to do things which are not nice and others do things which are nice. And children instantly, you know, babies, they will incline towards the more innocent one and not the mean one. I mean, what does a baby know about who's innocent and who's mean? It's built in. It's built in. So, nafsil lawama, this inner Conscience that we have, this is a proof of resurrection, of the day of judgment. Because the day of judgment means what? That you will be held accountable for what you've done. There's a right way of doing things and there's a wrong way of doing things. And you have the choice to choose whatever you want. But then you will be held accountable. Now if there is this accountability at the end, this is why you feel bad when you do something wrong. And you feel good when you do something good. So it's built in. The inner conscience is a proof of, of what? Of the day of judgment. Because if there was no judgment, then why as human beings would we feel good or bad about things? Have you seen animals fighting with each other? You know, I had birds. Lots of, you know those small parrots? Love birds, right? I had lots of those. 
And what happens with them is that their population increases very quickly. They multiply very quickly. So I remember we started with just a few of them in a big cage. And over time, they reproduce so fast that one morning I came and I saw that one bird was dead. I mean, badly. Badly. It was like wings pulled out and bleeding. It was gross. And I'm like, what happened? I'm like, jinn? What happened? Like, a mouse got in maybe? I don't know. Something happened. Right? So we got rid of it. The next day we see another bird is dead. And the next day we see eggs are broken and thrown out of their nests. What's going on? It's because they were crowded. Now the females, they were fighting over the nests. So they were fighting each other to the point of killing each other. Killing each other's babies. So we basically had to take some birds out. We had to. And I couldn't believe it. These birds, so cute. I mean, so beautiful. These birds are killing each other over nests. And then they've killed a bird and now they've taken over its nest and look, she's so happy. Wow, not even feeling bad. I mean, the dead body is there and she's going about her business. Seriously. Because they don't have any morality, right? They don't have that sense that murder is wrong. You don't just go to somebody's house and kill them and throw them out and take over their house. You don't do that. Really. But human beings have that sense, right? They have that conscience. Because birds will not be held accountable. We will be. So the nafsil lawama is a proof of the day of judgment. Ayahsabul insanu. You see, people are born with desires. We have aql and we also have shahwa. We have intelligence and shahwa. Desire. Angels, they only have aql in the sense that they're only programmed to worship Allah. They don't have any desires. Like, oh, come on, let's eat. Let's take a day off. No. They don't have that. We do. When it comes to animals, they have shahwa. No aql. They just do whatever they please. No sense of, okay, we've eaten a lot. It's about time that we organize and, you know, somebody gives the adhan and we pray together. No, nothing like that. No aql. Only shahwa. Right? And when it comes to other creation, there is nothing. They neither have aql nor shahwa. Like for example, a plant or a stone. I mean, you don't see stones mobilizing or rocks mobilizing and, you know, causing a riot somewhere or choosing a president or anything. It doesn't happen. Right? It doesn't happen among stones. It doesn't happen in buildings. They don't do that. Right? Because they don't have any aql, no shahwa, no aql, nothing. Now, human beings... They have aql and shahwa. Right? Now what happens is that the nafs la'amma'atun bisu. One of its characteristics is that it urges you to do evil. Evil is so tempting because of the shahwa. You want to do something wrong. And you say, no, a'udhu billah. But what happens? Come on. No, a'udhu billah. Come on. Astaghfirullah. Right? You know that battle keeps going on until when a person ends up doing something wrong, then what happens? Why did I do that? What was I thinking? What's wrong with me? And then when a person repents, seeks forgiveness, then what happens? Mutma'inna. So, wala uqsimu bin nafsil lawama. Allah says, ayahsabul insanu. Does man think, alan that never, najma'a, we will assemble, ilamahu, his bones, ilam plural of azm. 
Does man think that we will not assemble his bones? Meaning, what's the difficulty that man has in believing in the Day of Judgment? Is it that he thinks that Allah is not capable of putting his bones together after they have scattered through the earth? That when a person has died, his body has decomposed and the bones have scattered even, you know, they have fallen apart. Does he think that Allah cannot do that? Bala, yes, of course we are. We are capable of assembling the bones, gathering them together, putting them together, connecting them again. And not just that, qadirin. We are capable ala upon annusawiya banana. We even have the ability to proportion out his banan, his fingertips. Nusawiya from sinwawiya, taswiya. What does taswiya mean? To make something level, right? To level it, to smoothen it, meaning complete it. Proportion it well. And banan is the plural word. Okay, it is said that the singular form is bananatun. Don't think of bananas. Okay, you could because they're very similar. But banan is actually the fingertip, the tip of your finger. Okay, not just fingers. This is what? This is what? Fingertip. So, tell me something. Your fingerprints, are they unique to you? Yeah, they're like your barcode, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that we are not just capable of bringing together man's bones, we are able to fully proportion out even his fingertips with his unique barcode. Meaning down to the minutest detail, we can resurrect him fully, exactly as he was before. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's power. In Surah Yasin ayah 78, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَضَرَبَ لَنَا مَثَلًا وَنَسِيَ خَلْقًا قَالَ مَنْ يُحِي الْعِظَامَ وَهِيَ رَمِيمٌ People challenge, they say, that who will bring these bones back to life when they have, when they have become brittle? قُلْ يُحْيِيهَا الَّذِي أَنْشَأَهَا أَوَّلَ مَرَّةً Who will bring them back to life? Who will revive them? The one who created them the first time. So, بَلَا قَادِرِينَ عَلَىٰ أَن نُسَوِّيَ بَنَانَهُ بَلْ يُرِيدُ الْإِنسَانِ But the thing is that man desires. What does he desire? What does he want? لِيَفْجُرَ أَمَامَهُ The reason why he denies resurrection is because he wants to do whatever he pleases. He doesn't want to be held accountable. He doesn't want to have any rules, any regulations. He wants to be free. He wants to لِيَفْجُرَ أَمَامَهُ يَفْجُرَ فَاجِمْرَ فَاجِرْ فُجُور is to commit sin. And basically, Fajr is someone who doesn't consider bad as bad. Like the fitrah has been harmed so much or it has been corrupted so much that a person no longer recognizes wrong as wrong. So yes, he will go on killing one person after the other and he won't even feel bad about it. This is what man wants to do. لِيَفْجُرَ amama That he wants to commit sin. How? amamahu Before himself. Before himself meaning wherever he's going. Continue in the future, to never stop. Amam is used for place and time. So no matter where he goes, and no matter how long, he just wants to fulfill his desires. This is why he rejects the hereafter. 
And in his denial, يَسْأَلُوا He asks, أَيَّانَ يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَةِ When, أَيَّانَ When, أَيَّانَ is basically أَيُّ أَوَان أَيُّ أَن أَيُّ which أَن time Meaning when So he asks, when will the day of judgment be? Not what he has to prepare for it Rather when it is going to be And is he asking this because he's really serious? Like a person might be very serious about taking their exam, so they say, okay, when is the final exam? I'll just study two days before it. No. When? This is out of denial. Because what would the answer be? Only Allah knows. وَيَقُولُونَ مَتَى هَذَا الْوَعْدُ إِن كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ Same thing. أَيَّانَ يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَةِ Allah says, فَإِذَا So when? بَرِقَ الْبَصَرِ When the vision is dazzled. Bariqa, ba raqaf, barq, lightning. And when you see lightning directly with your eyes, what happens? What happens? You're not able to see that clearly anymore, isn't it? Like it, it confuses you. That bright light, it confuses you. It hurts your eyes. It frightens you. It worries you. So, bariqa al-basar, bariqa, when used for basar, is when the sight becomes confused. Or dazzled When a person is not able to see the right course And also When fear is in the eyes of a person He's so afraid He's so frightened That the eyes are fixed open Because you see Barq lightning When the eyes are constantly open I mean you see the glistening of the eyes right So Meaning when the vision is dazzled People will be so afraid that fright will be in their eyes. And out of that fright, they will not even close their eyes. This is mentioned in Surah Ibrahim, ayah 42 also. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, The day of judgment is, يَوْمٍ تَشْخَصُ فِيهِ الْأَبْصَارِ It's the day when eyes will stare in horror. وَخَسَفَ الْقَمَرِ And the moon has khasafa. It has become dark. Khasafa khasin fa. Khasf is when something is swallowed up. It sinks into the earth. It's swallowed up by the earth. This is khasf. And the khasf of the moon is used for the eclipsing of the moon. Because you no longer see it. This is just like when something is swallowed up by the earth. Can you see it anymore? No, it's gone. So this is the eclipsing of the moon. And when the moon is eclipsed, you don't see it, it's dark. So, in other words, when the moon will become dark, why will it become dark? Why will it become eclipsed? Why will it lose its light? Because the source of the moon's light is the sun. And the sun, we learn, kuwirat, it will be wrapped up, closed. No more light. وَخَسَفَ الْقَمَرُ وَجُمِعَ الشَّمْسُ وَالْقَمَرُ And the sun and the moon shall be joined together. What does it mean by this? Meaning they shall be joined together in terms of their darkness. Both will become dark. The sun will produce no more light. And the moon will reflect no more light. وَجُمِعَ الشَّمْسُ وَالْقَمَرُ Their state will be combined. Meaning they will become the same. Lightless. Dark. Jumi'a shamsu wal qamar also means that physically, literally, they will be combined together. They will become one 
entity. Which one is bigger? The sun is. So it's like as if the sun will swallow up the moon. يَقُولُ insan, And then man will say, يَوْمَ إِذِنْ On that day, أَيْنَ الْمَفَرُّ Where is the place of escape? How can I exit? Where can I get out from? How do I get out of here? أَيْنَ الْمَفَرُّ مَفَرْ فَرَارَ فِرَار To run out of fear. Mafar is a place where a person runs from or where a person runs to in order to save himself. He will ask, where is the exit? Kalla, no. La wazar. There is no refuge. There is no place where you can hide and save yourself. La wazar. There's no escape. There's no getting out of here. Wazar is from the root letters well, zayra. And the word wazar means malja, a place of shelter. A place where a person takes refuge so that he can protect himself. And basically it is said that wazar is a place that a person would find somewhere in a mountain, like a big rock behind which he can hide, or a cave, or a hole somewhere, so that he can enter it and save himself. And you see the word wizard is also from the same root. And wizard is a heavy load. Because mountain... Right, mountain is huge, big, heavy. Rocks are huge, big, heavy. لا وزر, there is no refuge. إلى ربك, to your Lord. يوم إذن, that day is المستقر, the place of permanence. Now you go back to Him. You don't run away. You can't hide. You will be taken to Him. مستقر, the place of قرار. What does قرار mean? To become still. You've gone through so much, so many stages, and there's so much going on, you can't run away. Now you'll finally arrive where? To your Lord, where He wants you to be. For judgment, for accountability. إِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ يَوْمَئِذِنِ mustaqar. And when a person will be brought to his Lord, يُنَبَّأُ الْإِنسَانِ Then man will be informed. يَوْمَئِذٍ That day. What will he be informed of? بِمَا قَدَّمَ Of whatever he sent ahead. وَأَخَّرَ And whatever he kept back. Or whatever he delayed. On the day of judgment, a person will be informed about all of his deeds. And the deeds are basically divided into two categories over here. Firstly, ما قدم And secondly, ما أخر قدم يقدم is to send something ahead. To send forward. To do first. And أخر يؤخر تأخير is to delay. Or to put something at the end. To do it later. To send it later. So the opposite of قدم. What does it mean then? بما قدم وأخر It is said... That this means, firstly, he will be informed of whatever deeds he did in his life. Whether they were good or bad. That is maqaddama. And he will also be informed of those deeds which he started, but others continued after him. They continued after him. So even though he died, other people continued those things. And so, they will be entered into his record. Because he started it. Like in hadith, we learned that whoever starts something good, then he gets reward for doing it, but he also gets the reward of all those who followed him in that afterwards. 
and the same applies to sin also. In hadith we also learn about how there are three things which continue to benefit a person after he dies. And what are those three things? Hmm? Charity, right? That is continuous in the sense that it continuously benefits. Like for example, a person used some money, arranged for some clean water somewhere. Right? So even though now he's dead, people have access to clean water because of what he did. And so every time somebody drinks that water, it's like as if that man is giving sadaqah. He's no longer there. But because he made that arrangement for others, it's like he's constantly giving sadaqah. Secondly, beneficial knowledge. Meaning knowledge that he taught, knowledge that he preserved, he presented to people. So even though he's gone, people are learning from that knowledge. Like look at the book of Imam Bukhari. Right? In those times, people could only teach their books Right? How in classes and things like that, the teacher is sitting there, the author is sitting there, and he would narrate to his students, right? You couldn't just go buy a copy from somewhere. These days, you can access Bukhari on your phone, right? On your book. You see Bukhari everywhere. Knowledge that is being benefited from. An article that somebody has written. And it could be something bad also. And thirdly, a righteous child that prays for him. So ma qaddama, Whatever good or bad that a person did in his life and sent for the hereafter. Ma'akhara, whatever continued of good or bad after his death. But because he started it, it's still being entered into his record. So we will not just find out the deeds that we performed, but also the effect of our deeds. Remember Surah Yasin? The beginning of Surah Yasin, what do we learn? إِنَّا نَحْنُ نُحْيِ الْمَوْتَى Right? And then, وَنَكْتُبُ مَا قَدَّمُوا وَآثَارَ We are recording whatever they have sent ahead and also their athar, their traces, whatever they have left behind. So on the day of judgment, a person will find out about this. Now really, we need to think, what am I doing? What am I investing in today? So that when I die, I will still get some ajr as I'm in my grave. Because when you're in your grave, you can't do anything. Can you pray? Can you recite Qur'an? No, you can't. It's not going to help you. So we need to do something right now, today, so that when we're in our graves, we're still getting reward. And we need to be careful about those things which will become a permanent burden on us. بِمَا قَدَّمَ وَأَخَّرَ Another interpretation of this is, that maqaddama meaning what he did first in his youth basically what he gave priority to and maakhara what he did later in his old age what was not really important to him so he left it for later and there is a difference between things that you accomplish in your youth and things that you accomplish in your old age maqaddama waakhar can also be understood as what he did first, as in he did it immediately. And ma'akhar, as in he put it right to the end. Delayed and procrastinated. Ma'akhar, wa'akhar. Basically everything. In Surah Al-Kahf, we learn, وَوَجَدُوا مَا عَمِلُوا حَاضِرًا وَلَا يَظْلِمُ رَبُّكَ أَحَدًا بَلِ الْإِنسَانُ Allah says rather, Human being is ala nafsihi, upon himself. He is a basira.
He is one who sees. On the day of judgment, a person will be informed about all of his deeds. But you know what? Even if he's not informed about all of his deeds, he knows who he is. And he knows what he deserves. This is similar to how in Surah Al-Isra, Ayah 14, we learn, اِقْرَأْ كِتَابَكْ كَفَى بِنَفْسِكَ الْيَوْمَ عَلَيْكَ حَسِيبًا Read your book and you know yourself about what you deserve. No long accounting needs to be done to figure out what you deserve and what you don't deserve. See your book and you know. You know exactly what you deserve. And really, if you're honest with yourself, you know where you stand. If you're honest with yourself, you know where you stand, where you are lacking, what you need to improve, what you need to stop, what you need to have the courage to just start. بَلِ الْإِنسَانُ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ بَصِيرًا بَصِيرًا is who? One who sees. And you see بَصِيرًا The ta at the end is for further emphasis that he sees very well. He knows very well. Another meaning of this ayah is that on the day of judgment, a person will be a basira as in a witness against himself. That when a person will be informed about his deeds, what will many people do? They will present excuses or they will lie. Yes, even to Allah on the day of judgment. So then what will happen? Allah will seal their mouths. And then the body of the person will speak against him. So ala nafsihi basira, basira as in a witness. In Surah Nur, ayah 24, Allah says, يَوْمَ تَشْهَدُ عَلَيْهِمْ أَلْسِنَتُهُمْ وَأَيْدِيهِمْ وَأَرْجُلُهُمْ بِمَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ their tongues, their hands, their feet will testify against them. And they will ask that, what's wrong with you? Why are you speaking against us? They will say to their skin, because even the skin will speak against a person. Even if he presents, if he throws, his ma'adhir. What are ma'adhir? Excuses, plural of the word ma'adhirah. From the word udur. What is udur? An excuse. Basically when you've done something wrong, you know you shouldn't have done it, how do you get out of it? By offering an excuse. What is that excuse? Oh, I did this because of such and such. You say something to get yourself out of trouble. That is udur. Allah says, no matter how many excuses He offers on the Day of Judgment, no matter how much He argues to defend Himself, His body will testify against Him. His limbs will speak. وَلَوْ أَلْقَى مَعَاذِيرًا In Surah Ghafir, Ayah 52, Allah says, يَوْمَ لَا يَنْفَعُ الظَّالِمِينَ مَعَذِرَتُهُمْ The day when the wrongdoers will be in such a state that their excuses will not benefit them. It will not help them. And really in this world also, I mean, you can present excuses. You can tell people. You know, you can tell your professor, for example, I couldn't do this because of this and this reason. No, it doesn't work. وَلَوْ أَلْقَى مَعَاذِيرًا There's another interpretation of this ayah, which is that ma'adhir is taken as a plural of the word mi'dhar. Mi'dhar. And mi'dhar is satr, a curtain, a screen. So now, with the previous ayah, بَلِ الْإِنسَانُ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ بَصِيرًا A person sees himself. وَلَوْ أَلْقَى مَعَاذِيرًا Even if he throws curtains. Meaning, even if he shields himself from people when doing something wrong. Isn't your own body watching? 
Because when we're doing something wrong, what do we do? We try to hide from people. Right? Close the door, draw the curtain, put a passcode. These are all screens to prevent people from finding out what we're doing. But even if no human being finds out about what we're doing, which human being is a witness to it? Ourselves. Our own body. Remember this body that you feel so comfortable in? It's not gonna speak for you on the Day of Judgment. It's loyal to Allah, its Creator. وَلَوْ أَلْقَى Now a very important lesson is taught, which we will look at after listening to the recitation. بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ لَا أُقْسِمُ بِيَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ وَلَا أُقْسِمُ بِالنَّفْسِ اللَّوَّامَةِ أَيَحْسَبُ الْإِنسَانُ أَلَّنَّ نَجْمَعَ عِظَامَةِ بَلَا قَادِرِينَ عَلَىٰ أَن نُسَوِّيَ بَنَانَهُ بَلْ يُرِيدُ الْإِنسَانُ لِيَفْجُرَ أَمَامَهُ يَسْأَلُ أَيَّانَ يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَةِ فَإِذَا بَرِقَ الْبَصَرُ وَخَسَفَ الْقَمَرُ وَجُمِعَ الشَّمْسُ وَالْقَمَرُ يَقُولُ الْإِنسَانُ يَوْمَئِذٍ أَيْنَ الْمَفَرُّ كَلَّا لَا وَزَرُ إِلَى رَبِّكَ يَوْمَئِذٍ الْمُسْتَقَرُّ يُنَبَّأُ الْإِنسَانُ يَوْمَئِذٍ بِمَا قَدَّمَ وَأَخَّرُ بَلِ الْإِنسَانُ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ بَصِيرَةٌ وَلَوْ أَلْقَى مَعَاذِيرَهُ 